How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar. Trucks. And Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. In fact, uh, we'll be talking with Roy Henning uh, from Great Lakes Dragway in the second hour of today's show, talking, of course, Great Lakes, drag racing, and maybe a little Brewers. Who? Yeah, the Brewers. Oh, the okay. The Brew Crew, the True Blue Brew Crew. They're still playing? Yeah, um, yeah, they are. All right. Uh, so, what, Cubs are tied up with the Dodgers? Is that it, or...? Cubs are they're golfing right oh, now. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're golfing. Must have missed that. Um, and then maybe a little bit of Packers, as you mentioned before. Packers are going to Detroit. Interesting. Why is it a pick'em game? I'll tell you why. Okay. Do you know why? What's your well? It's because all the wide receivers be exactly. Out and uh, Vegas doesn't like Vegas doesn't like to pick unless they have unless they have the advantage. So they don't have an advantage because even they are not really sure what's going on with the Packers receivers and that. So you just kind of go, nah, we're not going to. Yeah, Cobb's... Actually, it's, it's advantage Lions because, well, actually, no, it's not because usually you get three points for the home team. Right. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, in his career, has just destroyed Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, the Lions beat the Packers twice last year, but that was with uh, – Brett Hundley as quarterback and not Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I don't – I think this is a good one. Uh, if you go, choose to go to the window, entertainment purposes only, this might be a good one to hit. Well, and, you know, everybody's, well, you know, I don't know about these receivers. These guys are draft picks. These weren't free agent pickups. Yeah. And and Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. And they're, Exactly. And they can make, you know – now you saw what happens in the Thursday night game with the Colts. When you have like a free agent, when you have some free agent guys running out there who the ball is right in their hands and it goes right off their chest. And there's Oops. Chester, Chester Rogers had a couple of those in Thursday. Very, very frustrating night for the Indianapolis Colts fans because that should have been a blowout, but the Patriots just kind of let them stay in the game and they could have gotten really close and they had one pretty much a touchdown just go literally 
through the hands. Yeah, yeah. That'll happen. That's, that's something we would, this is a subject we'd be talking about on the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. You got that right. Which, unfortunately, we, we took a skip. Uh, you skipped a week. Well, it's 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 sports chaos right now in the Milwaukee area with the breweries. So, with uh, all the added shows and uh, added uh, stuff we're doing here at 105.7 FM, the fan with breweries talk and whatnot, it just to do a little podcast is we'll, we'll just take a week off, let things settle down. So we'll be back next week on the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast because, frankly, with all these playoff games going on and that, I I personally don't really expect you to listen to. Our, <laughs> but, you can listen to our podcast or watch the Brewers in the playoffs. Let's see here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll be back we're, next we're, week. We're realists in this studio. <laughs> we understand the common sports fan. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports, and in fact, in NASCAR too. Uh, speaking of playoffs, NASCAR playoffs are, are going on right now, and they're at Dover. Mm-hmm. And Dover is a one-mile banked cement oval. It's a very cold-looking place, and I just I as if you've been a longtime listener, you'll understand that I'm not a big fan of Dover. Yeah, just, I don't just I it just I don't never just really. It's one of those tracks I'm kind of with you that just doesn't do it for me. Uh, there's a few on on the NASCAR schedule that I'm not big fan of, and this is one. Uh, but you know, I'll still watch every lap, and we'll see. You know, even though it is the last track Jim Herderby's raced in his NASCAR career in 1977, I'm not a fan of Dover. But now, it, seriously though, uh, opened up I think in 1969. Actually, we ran an IndyCar race there. Okay. And uh, 1969 IndyCars on that track was not a good mix. <laughs> they were breaking all sorts of uprights and whatnot, and the cars were into the wall. Mario Andretti hit the wall, wiped out a car. Lloyd Ruby hit the wall, wiped out a car, and uh, I think Wally Downback too. And they didn't return until the, the IRL, the Indy Racing League, in the late 90s. And once again, a lot of cars hit the wall, tore up a lot of cars. That track does tear off, tear up a lot of cars. And, and the reason why is because, well, if you hit one wall, you're probably going to hit a second wall, aren't you, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, you tend to slide uh, all over in that place. You hit, it, it's like a billiard table. Yeah, you, you hit the outside, you out, you're going you right down to the four. inside. Or you get touched in the right, uh, left rear or right rear, and you're going to hit that ins- outside wall, and then you're going to slide across, and bam, right into that inside wall. And so if you have if you have a problem at Dover, any time where, where you're spinning backwards, there's a good chance your day is going to be over, isn't it? Yeah, there sure is. And after you hit the outside, you better hope that the next wall you hit is the inside, because if not, you're being treated as a speed bump, <laughs> and you're getting run over by yes. 30 of your best friends. And we've seen that happen. In fact, uh, most notably, if you uh, go to YouTube, go to 1995, there is a huge wreck, which uh, helped out one driver named Kyle Petty to win his final, uh, back then, Winston Cup race at Dover in 1995, I believe it was. Didn't he say before the race if he won that one, he was going to cut off that silly ponytail? Because he still hasn't cut it. No, but it still bothers me. It's shorter. still bothers me. Well, there's a story behind that. Okay. And it's it's silly. It's it's this stupid superstitiousness and whatnot. But supposedly, if I recall hearing this correctly, 
he got his haircut before, and he was like either first or second in points in 1991. The Felix Sabatis team and ML Yolokar, they were they were humping. They were that was a top five team for a while, and they had hit the summer stretch looking really well, and they went to either was it the the July Daytona race or they had to be. I think it was the firecracker. Uh, they had one of those big wrecks on the back stretch, and he somebody Ernie Irvin or somebody uh, t-boned him, and he broke his leg, and he had just gotten a haircut the day before apparently. Okay. And that oh I can't get a haircut now because I broke my leg and it it screwed up. You know he that his career never was he was never that close to the front again until Dover where he won after half the cars were wiped out. But still, give him credit. It's a win-win. Win is a win, as they say. You got it. And last week, well, we had a little bit of chaos, but not the chaos that you and I and others were expecting at the Roval at Charlotte. Yeah, that was surprisingly a fantastic race from flag to flag. You, I would like to know what was said in that driver's meeting. Cool. I think... I, I really think there were some speeches made in that in that in that driver's meeting. I wouldn't like, be I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, the whole world is watching. Let's not look like a bunch of idiots and let's drive like, you know, respectful drivers and respect each other and not just start taking each other out. So then what happened on the last lap there? Well, last lap all bets are off. Well, I mean, yeah. I understand that. And you know, there's a scene in uh, the movie Grand Prix with John Frankenheimer where uh, Pete, uh, Pete, played by James Garner, is uh, gets criticized for taking out his teammate at Monaco, and they both go over the wall into the into the drink. And one of the, the crewmen says to the car owner, well, you can't blame Pete for wanting to win the race. Well, in this case, it's you can't blame Jimmy for wanting to win the race. <laughs> I guess, I guess, but you know, he went from being locked in to the second round of the playoffs to well, being locked out. That was uh, putting all your money on one on red or blue, and and he did that, and it, it went. He put them all in red, and it, in fact, it turned uh, black. I should say. Yeah, yeah, it uh, that didn't quite work out for him, and uh, you know. Chad Knauss was on uh, one of them TV shows and said that we uh, win as a team and lose as a team, right? Yeah, said you know he was going for it. Looking back, I wish I you know he said if I would have just said probably two words in his ear, I could have had him finish second and we would be still alive. And he didn't say it, and uh, now they're on the outside. But did, didn't didn't he know he was in? Well, he had, then? He, he had to. He had to. He said it was just Jimmy going for it. And, uh, you know, which obviously we all want. That's the reason, you know, well, stage racing and all that. And this is the end of the race. So, of course, they're going 110%. Here's here, here's my other thinking. Here's what I really think with you is thinking. Should I get the X-Files mu- uh, music no, turned up? No. because it makes sense. Okay. I don't care if I make it into the next round. We ain't winning this championship. I want to win a GD race. That's what he was thinking. Yeah, you know, it's been uh, Think about it. It's been one hell of a year for him, man. Do That's... I want to get into the next round? Or do I want to win a race? Well, you know, think about it. You got to get into the next round. I... Why? You're trying to go from seven time to eight time. 
He ain't going to do it. He knows it. That's why he did that. Yeah. He's thinking, I just want to win a race. I don't care about the stupid rounds because it's going to be a Ford or a Toyota. It ain't going to be a Chevy. Well, it you know, there's a 98% chance it won't be Chevy. But you still got to give yourself a chance. You got to be in it to win it. That's why I knew I'm not going to – I know or I'm not going to win that the Mega Millions, $450 million, but I still bought a ticket because you never know. You know, you know, but you don't know. <laughs> you think you know, but you're <laughs> never going to know. You know, so it uh, – I, I give him credit for going for it. I understand it and all that. But I would imagine that right now, Jimmy Johnson, looking back, regrets that move. I don't think so. I don't think so. The only thing that was running through my mind is, has the Jimmy Johnson-Chad Canals connection worn out? Does he care if he finishes 10th, 11th, or 12th in points? He shouldn't. You know, he's got all the, all the you know. Or he, does he want to win a race? Does he want to hear it's been 67 races, 68 races, 69 races since he won? That's what he doesn't want to hear. He doesn't care about getting into the other next round. Well, you know, he can sort of afford to think that way where there's guys like Austin Dillon and, you know, people that haven't won a championship that can't think that way. Austin Dillon doesn't have to worry about it. He's got a yeah, he's seat got, for the rest of his life. I know. He's got all the job security uh that he never needs but uh i don't know i i think in in a private moment i think jimmy's got to regret that move and uh while i loved it and it made for great tv it it was a mistake in in pipe bomb land it was a mistake he wants to win he doesn't care about getting into the next round now i would love to see if truex is not competitive at dover i'd like to see truex turn johnson as a payback um, yeah, that's the only thing I feel bad about is, yeah, yeah, he took out Truex. You know, if if he goes for, you know, if a driver goes for a spot and he misses it and he takes himself out, you know, so be it. But, yeah, that's the downside. See, you but gotta, this, this is the same thing. But then again, are you really going to feel sorry about Martin Truex Jr. at this point? No, he's got a championship already right. and all that. He's won a ton of races. He's one of the big three. He's going to walk into Homestead already, no matter if he finishes – first or last in any of the races coming up so you know you don't really feel bad for him but the thing is though is that we're giving jimmy johnson a lot of slack where if it was a different driver you, insert well, austin cindrick insert joey logano right. no, we because, would be well, a completely different discussion than it is going, now it's the old adage if you're going for your first win you give the guy a little bit of extra Okay, but you were still complaining when Cindric, uh, you know, totally uh, well, barreled. That was, that was that, that's one thing to go for a win, and it's another thing just to be like you're you're on your freaking Xbox trying to you know doing stupid stuff. That What's was the an Xbox move. And Jimmy wasn't. He had no, no chance Jimmy of wasn't passing an Xbox move. He had I'm no not, chance of passing I'm True not, X. I'm not saying that he doesn't get blamed for that. I'm not. I'm just saying he didn't care. He wanted to go for the win. He doesn't care about getting into the next round. Well, it, it's more like I said. It's more important for him to stop the. It's been so many races since Jimmy Johnson won a race than it is getting to the next round at this point for him. Well, you know, agree to disagree on that. And like I said, I just think it's a completely different conversation if it's Logano or oh, if sure. it's one of those as other it, guys. As it should be though. 
because you if Aaron Rodgers throws a stupid interception, are you going to give him a little more slack than you would um, Matthew Stafford or, or or Pat Mahomes? Well, of course, because I'll just blame uh, head coach Mike McCrappy. <laughs> I mean McCarthy. Sorry, mediocre Mike. But he, yes, yes, he did. You know, yes, I mean, you he earn, deserves you some earn, more slack. You, you earn a little extra credibility, and you, you earn the benefit of the doubt in any any sport, hockey, football, basketball, or auto racing. One thing I have noticed this season, and it's been at least about 20 races now, the younger guys and and even, you know, veterans, middle-of-the-pack veterans, Ryan Newman's, Jason, uh, you know, Jamie McMurray's, stuff like that, they're racing Jimmy Johnson a hell of a lot harder now than they did when he was running off title after title and, you know, was a consistently dominant car. They're... You know, they're not scared to, to kind of put a bumper to him, you know, do a lot of side drafting and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He, he's not getting the respect because the team is so far down. But, you know, I don't think anybody fears Jimmy Johnson anymore. No, I don't think so either. They still respect him, of course. Of course. But I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's it's he's human. You walk by point. his trophy case, there's no way you cannot respect him. And same thing, I'm sure he's got, you know, an 8,000-foot yacht and all that because mm-hmm. he's made all the money in, in the world. But, uh, but yeah, they're racing him harder. They're racing him a lot different than when he was king of the mountain. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We got a full show coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got Laurie Monroe coming up next. Uh, we'll get the latest news in the world of auto racing from Laurie. She also does, brings it to the show every week. And we certainly appreciate that. We'll talk more NASCAR at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, just before the end, at about 1245, we'll actually be talking a little bit of Formula One with uh, David Hobbs. So David Hobbs will be joining us just before the top of the hour. And then in the second hour, we'll be talking to uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. And we'll also be covering some IndyCar news. And then plus Roy Henning uh, in the second second half hour, the final hour, the final half hour of the show, We'll be talking to Roy Henning of Great Lakes Dragway, just kind of going through a little bit of a season uh, in review type thing with Great Lakes Dragway and what's coming up for the 2019 season. A lot of stuff coming up uh, next year. And then uh, maybe a little Packer and Brewer talk mixed in there too with Roy at the end of the show. So should be a fun show. And uh, stay tuned for more on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway, and of course, David Hobbs Honda, and uh, guess what? It rained in Dover. No way. Yeah. Wow. Way. Shocking. And well, you know what that means. 
That means they set uh, they set the lineup by points, Steve. Mm-hmm. Good old uh, Kyle Bush, Rowdy on the poll. You know what? When they do that, you want to you want to bring ratings and you want to like bring excitement. Invert the order. Invert the order. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're gonna set up by points. That's fine. Yep. But on the poll, it is uh, Landon Castle and Jeffrey Earnhardt. Yeah. Now that's a front row. Absolutely. You want some excitement? <laughs> Jeffrey Earnhardt, never met a wall you didn't like. Yeah, and, you know, you sit there and that would be great. I, I, I love that idea. I think that's, you know, that's how they should do it. But, you know, with especially on, on certain tracks where restarts are, are gold in NASCAR, there would be a lot of people just getting run over. But, uh, you know, if these guys can show five laps of patience, you could drive up from – you know, a 38th starting spot and be in the top 10 if you play your cards right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a great idea. Sit there, you get, you know, uh, Michael McDowell and Matt DiBurrito up in, like, you know, the top 10 starting positions. That would be Matt, fantastic. Matt Dino Burrito? Benedetto, but uh, he goes by DiBurrito because uh, no like one knows, knows how to say well, or spell his him, last name. We need to get him into Chase because that would be a good emoji. Oh, absolutely. Burrito man. <laughs> that uh, I still love that that Blaney uh you know logo that they've got for him in the chase and so it was, congratulations to him for winning the uh the race after uh Jimmy Johnson takes out uh, yeah, Truex. Looking at the schedule here, we got Dover and then Talladega. Yep. That's that's a wild card. Kansas just right in Martin Truex for that one. Yep. Uh Martinsville Okay, interesting. Texas. Hmm. And then there's this new track, ISM Raceway. Is I that heard, in Iowa or? Close. I, I heard it's a little hotter I, there than Iowa. ISM. But... ICBM. I, uh, hmm. Yeah, yeah, good old Phoenix. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, I do too. It's It looks dumb. You got to do a, a, a double, triple take went, to figure out where the hell it is. Even if you put the F. The abbreviated F or P H X ISM uh-huh. or something. ISM, I don't. You take a guy off the street, a sports guy. You, uh, let's go here. 1057 FM. You show this schedule. Okay. Read off where these guys are. You know, read off where they are. And, you know, I think most people would know Talladega's in Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, Martinsville, Virginia. I think most of the majority would know. Um, you know, Bart Winkler, Texas. Now, if you show Bart Winkler ISM <laughs> Raceway, you think he knows? No, he would probably say Idaho, Iowa, uh, maybe maybe even Ohio because he doesn't spell Sparky. that well. No, Sparky, former host of the show. Yeah, it would it'd that's, be tough. That's interesting. It would be tough. He's not as close to the sport as he was, but he still has an interest. Yeah. I think mm, that's a good one. I'll ask him on Wednesday. I'll have a report back we should, next week. We should week. have a poll. We should do a poll with these guys. Where is I? We'll wait until we get closer so it's a little more relevant. But, yeah, I just not. And it's it's not just it's not a NASCAR thing either. It's across the board with all these stadiums. And we should do, like, a Facebook Live thing, like how the Packer prediction uh, videos get sent out every week that me and you are on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should do one. Where is Where ISM? Is ISM? You know, obviously Gary and Leroy Butler, uh, they wouldn't know. But Rami, no no chance. So 
<laughs> there would be very few besides me and you that know what the hell that is. I tell you what, let's take a quick break. We're working on some uh, internet issues in here, and uh, we'll be to Lori in just a moment. Uh, when we're back on the final inspection show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. <laughs> This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. And uh, just going back to last week at the Rovo, how did the uh, the playoff drivers do? Of course, Ryan Blaney was first, and then Clint Boyer, Boyer was third. And I think it was Jeff. I got to give him kudos on that. I think he mentioned that Clint Boyer might do pretty well there. Alex Bowman. He's got that mojo running, uh, finished fourth. I think that was actually my pick last week uh, for the win. And then Kurt Busch, fifth. Chase Elliott, sixth. I think he's a little bit disappointed. He was running a little bit better than that. Of course, the aforementioned Jimmy Johnson, eighth. Kevin Harvick, ninth. And then the rest of the pack, Logano, tenth, who will never win another championship or will never win a championship because of his stupidity with Matt Kenseth a couple years ago. Denny Hamlin, 12th. Martin Truex, who got wiped out by Jimmy Johnson, ended up 14th. Eric Amarola, uh, 19th. Kyle Larson, 25th. Very disappointing. He just has a crap season going. Yeah. Uh, Eric Jones, 30th. Brad Keselowski looked pretty good, 31st. And then Kyle Busch, 32nd. Austin Dillon, Jeff Orlowski's favorite driver, 39th. Yeah, Mr. Personality didn't uh, show up with the results at the Roval. Um, you know, uh, is oh, anybody those, shocked? Eliminated. Yeah, those, anybody those, shocked that he got kicked out of the playoffs in round eliminated. one? He got eliminated. Jimmy Johnson, as we mentioned. Denny Hamlin, which is a bit of a surprise. And then Eric Jones. So, Yeah, we, you know, it. Uh, there's so, a couple people. You know, Eric Amarola might have been in there as uh, somebody's pick to to lose out in round one. He moves on. So, but you know, obviously Austin Dillon's not a not a shocker that that he's out already. But um, but yeah, Hamlin is kind of surprising. It uh, there was some you know obviously McMurray finishing second, a great finish for him. Bowman that was great for him. AJ Allmendinger seventh, and uh, you know obviously now that they've added the the Roval, now he has two and a half chances well, to Johnson win a race. Was your pick last week? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was trying to win it for you. Well, that's not. He wasn't. That was a stupid move. He's. I need this for pipe bomb. Well, come on, I, pipe bomb. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do it for you, kid. Oh, uh, I appreciate the effort, Jimmy. I just wish it would have worked out. And bud. you're ripping him. Hey, I'm not ripping him. I understand him going trying for trying to win a race for the sickly kid up in Milwaukee, <laughs> and this is how you treat him. I understand him trying to go for it. I just think it was 
the you know the wrong move at the time when he was already locked in for round two, and now he is out. All right. Well, we're going to hear from Laurie Monroe, get the latest in racing news from Laurie, and then we'll take a quick break. And then after that, it'll be David Hobbs on the final inspection. This is One Lap Down with Laurie Monroe for the week of October the 1st. Here's what's making news right now. After a medical evaluation this past Tuesday, Casey Kane will continue to sit out from Cup Series competition. This following a case of extreme heat exhaustion at Darlington a few weeks ago. Regan Smith will fill in for Kane this weekend at Dover, and an update will be provided by Levine Family Racing after this weekend as they continue to work with Kane and his medical team. In a statement released by Jordan Anderson this week, the arrest warrant that was issued for him last week regarding a stolen race truck has been dropped. Apparently, Anderson was racing in Las Vegas when he was notified, and his attorney kept in contact with the Rowan County District Attorney who was handling the case of the alleged stolen race truck. A voluntary dismissal was filed without the need of a formal arrest, and the truck in question was delivered to a location requested by the Sheriff's Department. Anderson maintains his innocence and says it's been a humbling lesson being a new team owner and the importance of discerning who you do business with. The father of a former Kyle Busch Motorsports driver was sentenced this past week to 10 years in federal prison. Robert Boston, father of Justin Boston, was found guilty in December of fraudulently luring investors to fund the computer recycling center called Zloop. The money instead was used to fund his son's racing career and support his lavish lifestyle. Although Justin Boston had Zloop as a sponsor, he was not involved in the scheme. On to better news. 17-year-old Haley Deegan from Temecula, California, became the first female to win in the NASCAR K&N Pro Series last Saturday night. Deegan only led one lap in the Napa Auto Parts Idaho 208 at Meridian Speedway, but it was the lap that truly counted, even if she had to knock teammate Cole Rouse out of the way to do it. The driver for Bill McAnally Racing said she knew what she had to do to get the win. In Innovators versus NASCAR this week, only one violation from last weekend's Roval race at Charlotte. The number one of Jamie McMurray had a lug nut violation in post-race inspection. Crew Chief Matt McCall has been fined $10,000. In the NASCAR Pinty Series, they ended their season last weekend at Jucasa Motor Speedway in Hagersville, Ontario, with DJ Kennington ending a long 64-race winless drought. But the man of the hour was L.P. Dumoulin, who earned his second career series championship over Alex Tagliani. This is the fourth time in series history that the championship was decided by 10 or less points. In ARCA news, after a quiet couple of weeks, the ARCA series is back on track this Saturday for the Shore Lunch 200 at Lucas Oil Raceway. The race was originally scheduled for September the 7th, but was postponed due to a week-long storm that saturated the entire region. Going into this weekend, Sheldon Creed has a 405-point lead in the championship standings over Zane Smith, with just two events remaining. Wheelan Modified Tour News, Justin Bonsignor, who won seven of the first 15 races of the year, earned his first championship last weekend at Stafford Motor Speedway, even with one race left on the series schedule. The driver from Holtzville, New York, is going into the next event with a 64-point lead in the championship standings, and the maximum point earning for one event is 48. Congratulations on a great season. And how are the points leaders stacking up in all these series? In the Monster Energy Cup series, Kyle Busch is your points leader. 
In the Xfinity Series, Christopher Bell is leading the way. In the Camping World Truck Series, Justin Haley is your leader. In the K&N Pro East Series, Tyler Ankrum, he clinched the 2018 championship, even with one more event left in the season. In the K&N Pro Series West, Derek Thorne is your leader. Wheelan Modified Tour, Justin Bonsignor, your 2018 champion. And of course, in the Pinty Series, LP Dumoulin won the 2018 championship. In the upcoming race schedule, the Can-Am East is at Dover Friday, October the 5th for the Crosley 125 for the season finale. The Can-Am West Series, the next race is October the 13th, All-American Speedway in Roseville, California. And the Wheel and Modified Tour, October the 14th, Sunoco World Series 150 at Thompson. The Xfinity Series Bar Harbor 200 takes place on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern at Dover. In the Monster Energy Cup Series, the Gander Outdoors 400 is Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. You can see both of these races live on NBCSN. In your weekend race weather for Dover, Saturday we'll see a mix of sun and clouds with just a 10% chance of rain and a high of 71 degrees. Sunday's cup race looks pretty good too, partly cloudy, a 10% chance of rain and a high of 80 degrees. And in birthdays this week, happy birthday goes out to Ricky Stenhouse. Max Pappas, J.J. Yaley, and Magic Shoes, Mike McLaughlin. And if it's your birthday this week, I hope it's a great one. In social media madness, the NASCAR Pinty Series driver Pete Shepard posted a picture on Facebook that he was ready for the Toronto Maple Leafs opening game with, well, you guessed it, some Pinty's products. He had wings, sauces, chicken nuggets, and he was wearing his Leafs hat with all of his sponsor products lined up for all of us to see. Kyle and Samantha Bush posted a video practically everywhere announcing that they're going to get underway with in vitro fertilization to hopefully welcome a new baby to the family. Samantha's hoping for pink and glitter, but you know they'll be thrilled with whatever sibling Brexton can be a big brother to. And Camping World Truck Series driver Justin Haley posted to Instagram a picture of his entire crew with their win trophies from Gateway earlier this season. They were all lined up holding the trophies with Haley in the middle. So Kaz Skrala, a fellow driver, made a comment that he gave the first like to the post. Then Haley replied, it's about the only thing you're first in. So Kaz Skrala replied, also, you look like a 124 diecast of a regular sized person, like Harvick in the Mobile One commercials. I'm sure those comments are still rolling out right about now. That's all for One Lap Down this week. I'm Laurie Monroe. Enjoy the racing this weekend, whatever racing you enjoy the most. Turn out the lights. The part is over They say that all Good things must end Call it a night And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove And of course, David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road Make sure to check out David Hobbs for all the best in new and used cars And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline It is... The maestro himself, David Hobbs. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you, Steve. I like the intro. That's very good. Uh, well, you know what? And uh, that's the theme today for Formula One. Yes, the party is over, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, I think we had, if those Ferrari fans are thinking, well, just maybe, maybe we can make some hay against Lewis. And uh, that did not work out, did it? Well, it hasn't yet, because we've got the race to run yet. We've got the two Mercedes locking out the front row, which is, uh, you know, for about, what, sixth, seventh time this year. Lewis Hamilton's on his 18th pole. Um, 
he's about to score his 50th, what a good win, score his 50th win for Mercedes. Um, but, you know, that's why they have the races. Things go wrong. I mean, that uh, first turn at Suzuka, very fast entry, and then, um, you know, a tight kind of exit, which is turn two. Uh, then you have the dreaded S's, which are very, very uh, tricky. Um, and the Degna curve, which is that downhill right-hander just before we go under the bridge. That's, that's a tricky turn. So there's all sorts of things that go wrong. But Sebastian Vettel, what does he do? Qualified ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, he has never run won a race from lower than the fifth on the grid. So, yeah, uh, not looking terribly good for Vettel. Obviously, uh, all sorts of blame has already been cast around. <laughs> well, I think I, I think what hurt last week the most was not was not Hamilton winning, but was was Vettel not being able to get second place. And so, when when you have uh, Hamilton and Botas in the Mercedes finish, you won two. It, it's it's just a kick in the jibs for uh, Ferrari. I think I, you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean. That was if you could split them up, maybe there's a glimmer. But I think going into Japan, you know, I think they're thinking, oh boy. Especially well, there was a there was a spot during the race, early in the race, where Vettel is making a run at Hamilton, and then you just saw Hamilton just kick it in, and with that new Mercedes upgrade, just pull away from him. And I, I, I saw that, and I thought, oh boy, that's that's not good for Ferrari, is it? Well, because Ferrari had their upgrade. Which looking was looking really strong at places like Silverstone and Austria, but since then, you know, the FIA have been having a look at their engine mods and have uh, added a couple of sensors to um, check it out. And ever since they've done that, they haven't been anything like as dominant as they were. You know, everybody was saying going into Spa after the break, hey, you know, Ferrari is definitely on top. Um, they have got the fastest car. But it doesn't appear now as if they have got the fastest car. Um, Vettel seems to get demoralized. Um, he's always been a bit of a whiner. I mean, they all whine like hell when things go wrong. But, you know, for the last four or five years, Vettel, if you get stuck behind traffic, is where's the blue flag? What's getting him out of the way? What's Alonso <laughs> think he's doing? All that sort of stuff. <laughs> and you don't hear Hamilton doing that that much. Um but certainly with Paul at Suzuka and um, obviously his teammate flanking him, things are looking very good for uh, Hamilton for tonight. And with a 50-point lead, if he stretches it to much more than 50, then it becomes very difficult for Ferrari with just, what, four races left? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, suddenly it's looking pretty bleak um, and looking pretty good for Hamilton to get a fifth world championship. And there'll be only two other guys have done that. One is Fangio, one Manuel Fangio, who's got, who's got five. And, of course, Michael Schumacher with seven. So, you know, um, it could be a pretty momentous. It's going to be a momentous year for one of them because either he or Vettel's going to get five championships. So, yeah, as, as we get down to the wire, things are looking good. And Ferrari keep making weird mistakes. Obviously, one of the most egregious was um, allowing Raikkonen to get the toe off his teammate, Vettel, at Monza, of all places, where they're doing like 210 miles an hour down the straight. So you get a hell of a toe, uh, and that put Raikkonen on the pole. Um, and then, of course, they made a couple of mistakes at Singapore. So, yeah, um, and their strategy didn't seem to be working out terribly well. Um, 
Bernie Eccles said a very incorrect thing the other day. He said, the team has become too Italian, <laughs> which is, mm-hmm. in this day and age, mm-hmm. you, shouldn't, you shouldn't say things like that, really. Um, but I mean, I don't, and I don't think that's the case because um, they, they've, they've got a pretty diverse crew there, engineers, and uh, I don't know, just seem to be running out of ideas. And of course, when you're backs against the wall, you start to take risks, which the whole is the whole thing about Formula One. Obviously, the whole thing is a risk, and the drivers take a risk, and the teams take a risk to try and you know to try and win and and, and pull off a flanker on the other guy. And if it works, you look you look a hero, and if it doesn't work, you look like a chump. Well, and and the interesting, the other interesting story I thought was Charles Leclerc, who once again looks very good, was actually running fifth. And not only am I thinking, wow, this kid's looking good, but here 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 we have a sober actually running in fifth place for a while in, in Russia. He ended up finishing seventh. But uh, that team is just uh, going through a resurgence, aren't they, in the second half of the season? A massive resurgence. And I'm not sure um, why. I mean, obviously, I think, well, they've obviously got better Ferrari engines this year. Last year, the, car, the Haas team, the Gene Haas team, had the current Ferrari engine and still does. And Sauber had a previous generation engine. This year, they have the current generation engine. Um but their chassis has obviously improved. And I think Leclerc is one of those guys that uh, motivates people terribly, like Sebastian Vettel did when he was with Red Bull, mm-hmm. and like like Lewis Hamilton did at, uh, at McLaren, and now at Mercedes. You know, those, those really fast guys are massive motivators, and everybody suddenly perks up and thinks, oh, my God, you know, we can, we can win this. And um, the improvement in Sauber this year has been absolutely outstanding. Um, and it will be interesting to see Leclerc alongside um, Vettel next year for Harley, quite honestly. Well, it, it'll be interesting now on the flip side of that, though. Uh, maybe, you know, because we were discussing this up in Elkhart Lake a couple weeks ago, you know, the, we were just flummoxed that Rakanen would actually consider going back to to Sauber. But seeing their performance over the last couple of races and that, maybe Ferrari told them, okay, if you do this, this is what we'll give you, and maybe he's thinking, well, maybe you know, they, it might be a lot more competitive than when we may think next year in in Sauber. Boy, I, I mean, yeah, but you know, still and all, the and, difference in driving for Ferrari and driving for Sauber. Oh yeah, that's true. And I, the, and I, the I, money though too. At his age, I just, I just, I just don't see the motivation for it. At his age and his mm-hmm. his success, that is, you know, why on earth would he want to go out like that? It just seems weird to me, but. Um, he obviously likes being at the Formula One races and, um, and and being part of the Formula One scene, which he could be without actually sitting behind the wheel. But um, he uh, it, it just seems a, a funny thing for a guy like him to want to do myself. But and my big my real but good bone of contention is to keep someone like Esteban Ocon or yes or yes. some of these other young guys out. You know, Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Norris has got himself a driver. With uh, McLaren, but I'm not sure that's such a great deal at the moment. Um, but yeah, Lando Norris, um, this guy George Russell seems to be very, very good. Um, and I hate to see those guys hanging out on the line to dry, while someone like um, Kimi Raikkonen just uh, cruises around and picks up, you know, four or five men in a year. It's it's a tough job if somebody has to do it, David. So you were out at uh, Monterey with with half of our uh, other on-air staff, it seems like, on this show. 
um, and for <laughs> for Ren Sport. And uh, how did that go for you out there, running and uh, seeing old fellows, old friends like George Fulmer and those guys? Gary was absolutely fabulous, you know, just uh, the whole thing. The weather was gorgeous. We were staying in a fantastic hotel right on the bay. Unfortunately, down on the bay there, you get all that funny early morning mist and cloud. Mm -hmm. But every day at the track was as the sun was shining and there was just, yeah, the temperature was perfect. And uh, boy, oh boy, the amount of courses there from, you know, for 70 years, starting with the cars they built in 1948, to the absolute current ones. There were hundreds of courses there. And, um, just about every driver you could think of, people like Richard Atwood, David Piper, Derek Bell, obviously Justin Bell was there, uh, my old mate Bob Varsha was there, Jackie Hicks was there, uh, and all the hierarchy from Porsche, Dr. Singer, who you know, looked after me and Fitzy back in the 80s when he, he was he responsible for the 962. I mean, all those guys were there. It was just absolutely magical. Of course, as you say, George Palmer, Vic Elford, um, Jackie X, I say Jackie X, yeah, he was there. I mean, it was it was really, really cool. And um, a lot of racing, but of course, it's always a bit half-hearted in those um, vintage events. Um, although there were some pretty, you know, a lot of the, all the new guys were there. People like Patrick Long and uh, a whole bunch of the current uh, Porsche drivers were there, as well as a whole bunch of, you know, older ones. So it was a, an amazing event and uh, we're going to have to wait another what, three years or four years for the next one but um, the uh, the crowd too this is the most amazing thing was that over the weekend they had 85,000 people incredible to watch basically yeah. to just come and look at cars I mean the racing you know they were out on the track yeah um, and the diehards were out there in their in their deck chairs and their coolers and all that sitting there watching the racing but um, but you're just watching all these fantastic cars, you know, the races with like the 917s in and the 962s, and you just looked at all that stuff, and you thought, wow, God. you know, even the 962 is 30 years old, <laughs> I keep thinking it was a new car, <laughs> and it's 30 years old, but um, no, it was great, it was absolutely fabulous. Uh, we're talking with uh, David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And, David, uh, it's time for you and, and your lovely wife to head south here and coming up in the next week or so. Uh, the, any any other travels for the rest of the year? We're heading south in about an hour and a half, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, beep beep on the way by. We're going to stop at Milwaukee for the night with Greg and then um, uh, ease off tomorrow morning because I like, you know, we're going to drive down in our new CRV. Purchase, of course, that David Hobbs Honda 6100 North Clear Family. But so we're taking it down ourselves. Could have maybe asked Andrew to drive it down, but we thought we'd drive down ourselves. And I like driving on Sunday because there's way less trucks. Mm -hmm. And of course, Monday being Columbus Day should also be relatively traffic free. Um, and uh, of course, we take a couple of three days to get there. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer says Sparky hi. Sparky says hi. <laughs> Who's that? Sparky. Sparky. Sounds like he got sparked. <laughs> He's fired up today. <laughs> I guess he is. <laughs> anyway, so we're heading up down there. Um, we'll be back in November briefly and uh, for a weekend, see Greg and he's having a bit of a do. And then, uh, yeah, no, I haven't got any much travel going on. No, I, um, I should be going up on uh, Thanksgiving weekend to Mr. Diffie's house in uh, Connecticut because on Monday, the 26th today, after the last race, we're doing uh, a stage show at the Ridgefield Playhouse in Connecticut, which will probably be our last stage show together. That's me, Lee, and Steve. 
and uh, Sean Kelly, our stat man, comes on and uh, mm-hmm. tells people a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And then at Christmas, we're going to go to England for a month. So, uh, yeah. I'm Very excited. good. Well, yep. David, we certainly appreciate uh, discussing your travels throughout the year, and it was actually fun spending uh, time with you, too. And uh, you can still get the, the Hobbo book on Amazon, correct? I was just going to mention I forgot to mention Hobbo. It's gone quite well, really. Um, but it is available at Amazon. It's available at quite a few other bookshops, I believe. But Amazon is the place that most people get it. And, um, yeah, it's still around and still going, and um, I'm still signing it. I hear fantastic crowds every time you're around to sign that book. So congratulations. That's fa- that's great. Okay. Well, you were there, Steve, a couple of times. <laughs> oh, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. That was Jeff, by the way, the the Polish pipe bomb over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked that there was great crowds while Steve was there. So I know everybody's <laughs> there to see you, and then, you know, you bring in Steve. So that uh, a nice little add-on. Yeah, I noticed a lot of people said, who's that guy with Steve's optic? <laughs> <laughs> I think you got that uh, twisted around there, Mr. Hobbs. <laughs> All right. Well, David, we certainly appreciate it. And uh, perhaps we'll get you on one more time uh, before the end of the season. And uh, we'll okay. go from there. So thank you, David. Appreciate Look your time. All right. That was thank Dave. You, Steve. Thanks, guys. Thank you, David. And now is David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our community since 1935. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway. We'll be talking with Roy Henning in the bottom half of the hour here, talking drag racing, Great Lakes Dragway, of course, and maybe a little Brewers, too. So we'll be uh, talking to Roy here in a little bit. And also Eddie Lapine, uh, next segment from RacingNation.com. we got some more racing news with him. But before that, we got to see what's happening in the world of racing. And... Uh, one thing that uh, there's been a little talk uh, we briefly spoke about in the break was the restrictor plate tapered rate tapered spacer debate that's going on. They're making some changes for next year and that. And to be honest, man, <laughs> I mean, there is the hardcore guys, and we all separated our from the other couple sh- other great racing shows that are on the airwaves in Milwaukee. And when Sparky set up the show, we kind of found a, a kind of a middle space between uh, Jim Tradle's show and and uh, and Todd Bailey's show, and where Todd's is a little more of a meat and potatoes kind of more tech savvy, and uh, Jim likes to focus on a lot of the local stuff and that, which we try and we we're more of a fan orientated 
kind of more for the we're a sports station, so we 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 try and get others. There's a lot of people that are interested in rate and uh, not only racing but also cover sports. So we don't go too deep. We try and give a little bit of a we kind of give glimpses of that, but yeah. we try and you know keep fans' it, perspective, fans, but yeah, fans. still know what we're talking but, about. And and with that, you know, it it doesn't. You know what? If it works, everybody will love it. And that's and and that's the thing. With, with with anything that NASCAR is doing, it doesn't really matter what they do, as long as it creates a, a good storyline, great racing, and the fans love it, then everything else is gravy. Yeah. Look at the Roval. I know. There's I know. a lot of, but you know what? The smart thing they did on that was there was a lot of issues with that track. We saw that too, cars sliding, this and that. But you know what? They were making changes and tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it. Now, if they would have just rolled it out, here it is, because that's what they basically did in the 80s. Because that, that road course at, at Charlotte's been there for a long time. Right. And they used it in the 80s. And like I said I, a couple of weeks ago, go on YouTube and uh, uh, and do a search on IMSA, I-M-S-A, I, and, and Charlotte, and you'll see those races and how they weren't very entertaining at all. Well, and when you look at how much trouble all the guys had in their practice sessions months ago, and then, you know, the the lead up and and all that into it, it was it was billed as a complete wild card. Uh, I said a hundred times la- uh, last week on the show that I thought it was going to be a total poop show, and it turned out to be one hell of an event. Right. So I give NASCAR a ton of credit for it, and uh, it was very exciting. So we'll see. You know, uh, they announced that the new rules for next year, they're getting away. They're going to go towards what they had with the All-Star race in Charlotte. And uh, my only complaint, because the All-Star race was fantastic last year, the only problem is even watching it on TV, you could tell that those cars were so slow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's supposed to be racing. You're supposed to be going fast. So hopefully with uh, moving away from the restrictor plates to these tapered spacers, it allows more horsepower to the cars, and so, you know, uh, they're going to go faster but still have the same great racing, hopefully, if everything works out the way it's supposed to, that we did get in the All-Star race last season, or this season, excuse me. And uh, the good news department, I guess, and um, and that is A.J. Foyt is, is back on his feet. He was having some, some health issues and wasn't traveling to the races at the end of the uh, 2018 IndyCar season. But uh, he's back in Indianapolis this weekend for the Red Bull Air Race World Championship that's being held this weekend at Indianapolis. A neat event. I'd like to kind of see. Um, but, you know, it, it's you might have seen it. I think they run them on CBS Sports Network or something. Uh, the the it, It's a single. It's basically qualifying. It's not really an air race, per se. Okay. So they go, you know, they can't. <laughs> five six planes in a confined space no but what's cool is they're racing in a box basically if you take a box how many feet thousand feet in the air whatever it is inside the indianapolis motor speedway i was thinking when they first set this thing up that you know the planes are going to be going down turning by main street <laughs> down by charlie brown's <laughs> coming down 10th street or something big but no they were actually they spend those planes don't leave the grounds 
That's awesome. So they come down uh, basically what is the, the home and boulevard, which is that long straightaway in the backstretch of the road course. And then they do some twirling and, you know, they go through these big, huge air-filled uh, pylons. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it sounds they, like a some, If you check out some video on uh, on some of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Facebook pages in there, there's some videos. I mean, well, it's not, uh, and I'll be honest, it's not everybody's thing. You know, but it's kind of cool. AJ Foyt's there. It's good to see him out back on his feet. And for 83 years old, going on 84, I mean, hats off the hat tip to AJ for for all the stuff he's gone through. Not only just in his racing career, breaking his back, uh, basically being declared dead once in yeah. a race car, burns, broken bones, broken legs, broken arm you know, numerous concussions, but also after his racing career with killer bees, killer bees <laughs> being chased by water moccasins, uh, you know, a st- couple of staph infections, uh, heart bypass surgery, all this other stuff. You know, I mean, it's amazing. He is an amazing specimen. He's led an adventurous life to, uh, to put it lightly. That uh, he's gone through pretty much everything, the highs and the lows. And, uh, you know, if we all get to experience half of what he did, we'll, we're all lucky. And the bad news for Milwaukee fans is, yet, yep, IndyCar is going back to Belle Isle Park. <laughs> I'm not happy with that race, never have been. Uh, it's a crappy race. It's a crappy race on a crappy track. And if they put as much effort, if they put as much effort as they do at Detroit and Milwaukee, Milwaukee would be a success on that date, but they insist on racing on an island. And not one, but two days in a row. And and it's there's no passing, and basically the only chance to beat the pole sitter is if you do something funky on your pit strategy. And <laughs> But they're making the race more accessible for fans next year with some type of grandstand one. Will relocate across the racetrack, across from pit lane. Well, hallelujah, that's a good idea, huh? Oh, that makes it all worth it. Let's all go to Detroit. Grand, we didn't have bleachers or stands across from the pit lane before then? Hmm, okay. Yeah, that's kind but, of a weird setup yes, if you don't I do admit, that. I am biased against the Bell Isle Grand Prix. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a snooze fest. The Bell Isle Grand My favorite one is, I think, 1996 or 97, and I think Robbie Gordon won it. In which first through seventh was only second and a half. Wow. Yeah. But positions one through seven were the same for the last 20 laps because nobody could pass and they were nose to tail. Yeah. And it was basically Robbie Gordon keep, you know, just basically keeping everybody behind them and nobody passed, not a position change. So it was just like a big caterpillar for the last 20 laps. Well, I loved it that they sat there and they recently announced Road America's schedule for next season, and they're bringing back the R- Robbie Gordon Stadium Super That's Trucks. That's good news. What a fantastic race that was this this year. And uh, it's good to see that. You you agreed with me. Much better in person, aren't they? Oh, TV does not do it, it justice doesn't. at all. You know, when, when you see these trucks go over these jumps, on TV, I was sitting there and I'm watching, I'm like, meh. But when you're there in person, yeah. oh, man, it blows your mind. How yeah. high, how far, 
how rough the landings are and these guys trying to keep their truck straight. It is awesome. Yeah, it really is. And it, it kind of it kind of similar to you could almost like seeing an NBA game from ground level, I guess. Yeah. It could be the closest thing or, or anything like that where it's just you really see the difference. I mean, TV is fantastic, high-def TV and all that, but when you see this stuff live, especially the, the, the Robbie Gordon's Super Truck Series, it's it's pretty cool. I tell you what, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Get the latest, uh, get some more news in the world of auto racing on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lake straightway in union grove along with david hobbs honda and joining us on the great midwest bank hotline it is from RacingNation.com. eddie lapine eddie welcome back to the show hello hello eddie you there yeah. all right that was us that time yeah that was my fault <laughs> what's going on in florida this weekend you're finally home Yes, guys. <laughs> yeah, what's going on in Florida, Eddie? Sorry about the communication breakdown here. AT&T is not coming too very well today here in Florida. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I'm I'm here. I'm back trying to relax from last weekend at Rensport uh, from California. So it, it, it's been tough. Yeah, the world traveler finally makes his way back home. So, uh just resting up or you got good plans uh this weekend no just getting ready for next weekend petite le mans the last uh weather tech series race the 10-hour race at road atlanta this weekend uh all the uh title contenders uh race is going to go down to the last race so kind of exciting and uh this is it's kind of a unique race. It's a, it's an endurance race, but of course it's not Sebring, it's not Le Mans or Daytona, but it, it's still a, it's a ten hour race. It's a, it's a long race. How, how 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 different is that from your sprint races? Well, I mean, I don't think there's any such thing as uh, I mean, well, I mean these long distance races are sprint races. I mean the ten hour races, twelve hour races, even Le Mans this year was a 24 hour sprint race. So I, I don't think it's going to be any different this year um, than years past. I think it's going to be flat out from the start to the finish. Uh, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, wanting to win that race. It's, it's become a very prestigious race on the calendar and it's going to be extra special this year. Uh, they're going to have a special weekend with uh, Do uh, Dr. Dan Panos passing away a couple weeks ago um and that race was his baby so they're going to have a special uh um grand marshal is going to be chosen a fan 
is going to be because Dr. Dan Panos, Don Panos was very uh, – he really did a lot of things for the fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what they're going to do this year for the race. So it's kind of exciting, definitely. The uh, And, and what, what's cool about uh, Petit Le Mans, too, is some of the, the – I don't want to call them guest drivers, but – you know, adding the that third driver and who who are some of the uh, IndyCar drivers and whatnot that will be out at Petit Le Mans this year? Well, your IndyCar champion Scott Dixon will be driving at Chip Ganassi Ford GT, um, and I mean that's pretty exciting. And uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, um, I'm not. I don't think Tony Kanaan's going to be here this year, but uh, there'll be an array of drivers. And uh, it just adds a little extra to it for the weekend, for the vans. It is. And then uh, switching gears and going to uh, IndyCar, uh, Chip Ganassi uh, replaced uh, in the 10 car Ed Jones with Felix Rosenvesk. And that's that's a driver a lot of people may not know, but he's quite the talented driver, isn't he? Well, I'll tell you, he really, really is. He's been under the radar uh for a little while but the kid is very talented um he definitely uh i think he's 26 years old he's been around he's done dpm formula three formula uh formula three masters formula three european champion he's the only race driver to win the maku grand prix um the Invitational Formula race at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been doing your favorite thing, Formula E. He's got <laughs> three wins in Formula E, and I chatted with him in New York, and he's a real nice kid. I mean, he's very level-headed, and I think he's really going to be – I think he's going to do something. I, I don't be surprised if uh, – you know, like how we saw Wiccans jump onto the scene. Uh, this is the kind of kid that's multi-talented in different series, and you could see him adapt with a team like Chip Ganassi quickly, and with Scott Dixon also um, having him as a, you know, a mentor, so to speak. Oh, I think so. I think the the future is quite bright for him, and and I, you know, it, it's. It, it, I think it's IndyCar's gain that this kid who's shown so much and was going through the ladder system, but it certainly shows the pitfalls in, in Formula One's ladder system that there's just not a lot of seats out there for young drivers in Formula One, is there, Eddie? Well, no. You can see Esteban Ocon. I mean, uh, you know, the guy probably doesn't look like he's going to have a ride next year in Formula One, and, and the kid's talented. And, uh, I mean, there's lots of stories like that um, out there with Formula One. There's a lot of talent out there, but you, it's like you got to have the right manager to get you in the right seat at the right time. And that's the problem. And that's with any sport. Sure. You know? Certainly is true. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back on the final inspection show, we'll do our predictions with uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com, brought to you by the uh, the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda.
final inspection show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Of course, joining us once again on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. What's the latest at RacingNation.com, Eddie? Well, we discussed Rensport, and we'll be putting up a, a preview for Petit Le Mans last week. Check that Rensport out. Next time there's another one, I, I think I was live there last week. You guys, uh, the fans, and uh, they, they need to go to it. It's, it's awesome. I, I think I, I might I have to push, next time. Well, I, we, I, I pushed. I said, you know what I brought up in the meeting was uh, – they need to bring it to Road America, but I think they're just too worried about the weather being bad. Right. You know, and, and California, it was just, you know, it was perfect. I got a so. question for you. I, I got a quick question for you. All right. Uh, last week at Rensport, give me the person you saw there that you did not expect to be there, whether it's famous, somebody not so famous, anybody. Well, Maria Sharapova. Okay, there you go. That's a good one. I, I, I got to say, I was, like, starstruck. I was shocked to see her. And so were the drivers, too. <laughs> Did you give her my number? Because she hasn't called me yet. <laughs> um, no, but I, I I friended her on Facebook. So I'll, oh, uh, boy. You know, I, I told her, I you know, I, I would love to have her on the show sometime. Nice. Got a lot of fans <laughs> in Milwaukee, tennis fans. Well, I'm going to start trying to learn how to speak Russian here. You might good have to. Good luck with that. I think she speaks better English. Okay, good. Then I'm covered. I hope. You're good. <laughs> she probably speaks better English than I do. <laughs> you said that. I did. <laughs> All right. This week, uh, we got the NASCAR boys in Dover. Who do you like out there, Eddie? After last weekend, I got to go with Martin Truex, I think. Okay. You know, I think he's the guy this weekend. Yeah, that's a that's always a safe bet. Truex runs uh, the Monster Mile pretty well. I'm going to go a little farther back in the field from the 10th starting position, the guy who's had a rough, rough season, uh, picking a Chevrolet, just wow. going against anything that makes sense. Give me Kyle Larson this week. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, it uh, probably won't turn out my way, but uh, – not much does. <laughs> I will. I will take the other Kyle. Okay, Mr. Bush from the Kyle pole. Huh? Yep. All right. Well, way to go out on a ledge there, Steve. That, oh, uh, wait till you see my next pick for Formula One. No, I, I, well, I can't even imagine. Now, are we picking it's the a, it, winner, it's or a are chalk we weekend, or are we picking who finishes second in I Formula One? I think that's one? better, Eddie. What do you think? Should we pick just who's going to pick se- uh, finish second to Lewis? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a better option. I, I I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I was going to pick the uh, Botas, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Max Verstappen. Okay. I think, uh, you know, the kids, uh, he's putting it to them the last few races. So That's a good pick. Steve, what say you, buddy? Boy. Who finishes second in F1? Screw it. I'm going to go Botas. Oh, yeah. Okay, Mr. Chalk. Um well, you know, Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, you it, can't pick Takuma Sada. No, no, I'm not picking him. It was this last week we had National Taco Day, which I am a big fan of. So I am going to go with Pierre Gasly because after Taco Day, uh, sometimes you have some Pierre Gasly. And so that's my pick to finish second behind Lewis Hamilton. Last oh, week you picked God. Brendan Hartley. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, my God, Jeff. I'm just happy you're not on uh, ESPN with Martin Brundle. You guys would make a great pair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So loyal to the fan. The four-letter network is never in my future. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you don't like, you don't think Gasly can get up there? Oh, I think he totally is a great driver. Very talented driver. Just that team right yeah. now is not the team to be. Yeah. Well, next year when he's on Red Bull, you'll you'll see him rise to the front. I think he he could even give uh, Max a little. Marcus Marcus money. Erickson would have been a better pick at this point. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm surprised that with you guys, no love for uh, for Hulkenberg. Well, Eddie, well, David and I, David Hobbs and I have been on this Nico Hulkenberg thing for about six years, and it's gotten us nowhere. So I think we both jumped off. But uh, Eddie, I wanted to talk to you talk to you about the Sauber, the resurgence. We were talking with Hobbs at Hobbs about that, and how the Sauber has really, really picked it up the last couple of races, including last uh, the last race in Russia at, at Sochi, which uh, Charles Leclerc was actually running in fifth place for a while. Well, I think you know. I mean, with the resurgence, you know, with this driver, uh, I think he's really. I mean, he's going to be something. Charles is going to be really good at Ferrari. Uh, I I think he's going to give Sebastian a run for his money. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and I think with the support that they get from Ferrari, they're just giving him a little extra, extra oomph of engineering and support um, because the kids. I mean, he's really he's put them on his shoulders, and I think Ferrari's just giving them the support and engineering they've needed to to go to the next level. And the, you know, ever since he got in the car, they've been doing a lot better. So, no, don't be surprised if they run good this week and uh, Suzuka. And if it rains, I mean, it could be a real crapshoot to see what. Uh, if it rains, well. then your pick is looking even better. I think. I think so. I, I think, you know, Max is really good in the rain, but, you know, all those drivers are. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to come down to who doesn't make the mistakes, like anything. And if they get the, the weather factor into it, it's, you know, the crew plays just as much importance as the driver, too, you know. So, you know, you know uh, the Japanese Grand Prix is usually a pretty uh, exciting race when it comes to everything that could happen, usually does happen there. So you think we're actually going to see some passing this week? Well, not for Hamilton, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, he might even pass the pace car. You know? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I just think they should just give him the trophy and just, you know, let the other cars battle it out to see, you know. I mean, he's he's definitely uh, taken it beyond what I thought he could do this year. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's showing everywhere that uh, he is the man this year. Whether you like him or not, yeah, that's for sure. And one thing, uh, another thing that's for sure is that uh, Lewis Hamilton loves himself some Lewis Hamilton. Well, yeah, I'm just happy he doesn't have Justin Bieber in the, uh, you know, in the ceremony after when he wins anymore. Come on, <laughs> if if you had anybody to hang out for a day, though, it'd be Lewis Hamilton, right? I mean, the guy yeah. lives, uh, the guy has living the charmed life. He's a rock star. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, I mean, why he has a lot of fans. I mean, they like that jet set. I mean, he's flashy, you know. I mean, it's like 
people like that. And I think, you know, I mean, it's good good for the sport. I'm not the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan, but I'll tell you, he uh, totally turned me this year, and I said it when he put it to uh, Sebastian at Monza. He basically uh, put him down a notch. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, if he wins tomorrow, they go to Coda, where, which he owned that track next time. They'll be at the Circuit of America. Uh, I think he's just putting a clinic on this year. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. He definitely lives that rock and roll lifestyle that you lead, Eddie. So I'm jealous of you both. Well, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how I can come to the Brewers game. That's what I'm more excited about now, you know. Yeah, the uh, one game away from the NLCS, take on the Rockies tomorrow. Uh, another fantastic scheduling. Uh, they schedule it, you know, pretty much to start right uh, but maybe 10 minutes after the Packers game gets over tomorrow. So that, uh, that was fantastic. Just like uh, how – you know, Steve's got the hookup with the Xfinity series. They don't start racing on Saturdays the last month until right after the final inspection show is over. We're finally well, getting the recognition we deserve around here, Eddie. Well, I see that. That's pretty good. I might have to. I might have to come up for a Brewers game. I mean, I, I was there in 1982 at the last World Series. I think coming up there every 30 years is a pretty good idea. Sadly, some of our producers weren't even alive when that happened last. Oh, I know. Yeah, most of them weren't. Most, I was around. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely come on up, man. We'll go to a game. Steve will buy us all beers. It'll be fantastic. Well, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> all right. Well, we the can't. Whole, the, the whole final inspection crew could be back out on in trouble as long as Steve doesn't get me arrested. All Again. right. Very good. <laughs> what, what... <laughs> all right, Eddie. Thank you for joining the show. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Make sure you check out Racing Nation next week, 10-hour race at Road Atlanta. All right, very good. That was Eddie Lapine on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Start your renovation journey with the simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since 1935. Unfortunately, Roy Henning has had a little personal emergency. He cannot be on the air, so... We went out and got someone else. How about A.J. Foyt coming up next on the Final Inspection Show? This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And uh, make sure you check out their scheduling as uh, as we get deeper into the fall here to see if they're running or not. So, uh, and uh, I'll check all their uh, social media platforms for all the latest because you know what? We still got Indian summer coming up, Jeff, here. So, uh, oh, yeah. Should be, should be lots of opportunities yet to get out to Great Lakes Dragway. Uh, in the upcoming uh, weeks here, yeah, we're going to get back into the seventies. I can feel. Oh it. yeah, oh I yeah I can. There's been a few times where I've been, uh, I've uh, been uh, 
doing the leaves and that in my shorts and whatnot, doing the you know the, the fall cleanup and whatnot all the way in the, into November. So yeah, now, just next couple of days and last week here it's been a little soggy. Yeah, to say the least. So. Yeah, a couple of days felt kind of like Halloween, where it was cold, windy, and rainy. The final event of the year at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is happening, and uh, one of the fellows that, that flew up for that uh, is uh, AJ Foyt, the legendary AJ Foyt. And it's uh, I don't know. Let's put it this way: when uh, AJ talks, people speak in, or people <laughs> listen. That's, and uh, we got some video here. Uh, the Speedway posted of uh, AJ uh, earlier today. Texans are hard-headed. Do tell you that. I was determined to show them I could do it. So, it's been a great place. I really enjoyed racing here. Actually, Indianapolis what made AJ for it. I've won a lot of 500-mile races, but the world knows when you do something here. Well, what about them? AJ Ford, to, to you as a Texan growing up, another, you know, a Texan legend. Yeah, I mean, not only a Texan, I mean, I just told him it's an honor to meet him. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I don't get to say this very often, but I actually grew up watching him race, you know, so, um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, a real honor to meet you for sure, and uh, we're looking forward to racing here, too. Well, like I said last year, I said, I'm going to go there, I've never been to one, of course, I was in the hospital, so older you get, the more time you spend there with the doctors, but uh, I guess I'm still lucky to be here, but I told Ann, my PR lady, I said, we're going to hella high water. Everybody, you're not able to go in. I said, no, I can't walk that far, but I'm going. So, that's reading them here. Final thought, would you like to do a media flight? If Kirby said, I'll take you up in one of my aircraft, a two-seater, would you do it? No. <laughs> Why not? Smart man. Smart well, man. I'm kind of chicken. <laughs> no, I ain't healed up enough. I just got off the infection and the pink line. So. I flew over in my own jet yesterday and watched them on the land. They got to be crazy, and I was when I raced. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed for your time. It's an honor to meet you. Okay. That was uh, A.J. Foyt, of course, four-time uh, Indianapolis 500 winner, five-time if you count his uh, win as a car owner in 1999 with Kenny Brack. Uh, talking with, uh, with the pilot uh, Kirby Chambliss, who's one of the one of the pilots that uh, – participating this weekend in the Red Bull Challenge at the Indianapolis Speedway uh, Air Race. And it's a pretty neat event, uh, like I said before. Uh, the entire circuit is uh, held within the uh, confines of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And, in fact, I was over at a buddy's house who lives across the street. And only a couple, and he lives on the west side of the track, so you can see the pagoda in the back of the grandstands. Only a couple times do you actually see the planes rise above the grandstands. That's how tight everything is. And, and these are small planes. I mean, the fuselage of the plane could fit in the studio in here. That's wow. how small they are. All right. A very tiny plane. And, of course, the, when, when any type of aerobatic or racing-type planes, the wings are pretty tight, too. Or, or uh, narrow, not narrow, but uh, uh, not long. Right. Short. <laughs> short is the word I'm trying to. Wide but short. So uh, lots of lift, but uh, nimble is the is the word. And it's pretty cool watching these uh, these planes. Like I said, you can see them on uh, CBS and whatnot, but if you're down in the area, definitely check it out. Or if you want to take a trip down to Indianapolis where it's uh, substantially warmer than it is up here this weekend, uh, you know, it's a quick jaunt down there. Take a look. It's it's a it's a pretty neat event. You know, to be honest, you know, do you have to go down there every year for this? No, but you can definitely. It's certainly uh, 
worth going down there checking it out once at least. I'm surprised you're not down there this weekend. Uh, just too much. Just, you know, we had a little bit of a flood in the basement uh, earlier this week and cleaning up. We're still cleaning up uh, some stuff and throwing stuff out. The garage needs to be cleaned. Yeah, I spent some time down there. You know. Honey-do list time. Uh, always, you know, just, and, you know, I'll be, I'll getting, plan on being down in Indianapolis uh, in November, so um, looking forward to that and visiting with some friends and that, and uh, should be all good. Nice. Nice. Dover. Yeah, good the old Dover. The concrete jungle. <laughs> the monster, what is it, the monster, uh, monster. concrete monster. Yeah, monster mile. What do you think of that trophy? I think it's you know it's okay it's kind of hokey yeah um but you know it's cool that they've got a mascot and all that for it if I was like a big shot NASCAR driver and it was one of my trophies it's kind of cool right but if that's the only one yeah not sure if I'd want that but it's better you remember when Chicago had the Ninja Turtles 400 oh my god that trophy. You know, uh, so it's still kind of disgusting with the uh, with the stuff they poured all over Martin Truex and that. That was just, yeah, that green Nickelodeon slime and that, stuff. That was just kind of a little weird. Yeah, it was strange. It was strange. Um, they've got some weird trophies in and uh, traditions in NASCAR, the lobsters and all that. But well, that I can see. I that makes sense. Uh, you know, the grandfather clock. That's cool. One of those is cool, and then I try to just sell the rest well i think that's what they do i think jeff gordon i think has the most i think yeah like and he's six seven or eight I think or he so gave us some i think hendrick got one i think uh maybe everham got one maybe latard even got one but um speaking of which how do you like those broadcasts oh god it's still painful brutally painful for those who not this is one of these it, it's it's Jeff and I were talking off air about a month ago, and we we picked up on something independently, but at the same time. And it's one of these things we apologize in advance because once you notice it, it really you, you can't look away. And this is one of these things once you hear it, you cannot stop hearing it. Just how Steve Letarte and Dale Earnhardt Jr. are at the same octave in accent. Yeah. Their voices are so similar. And it goes even beyond them, though, with, with Burton and, and with Kyle Petty, too. It's just a lot of high-pitched voices with the same accent, the and, same tone. And it, it, you know, some people complained about Al Michaels. And and, and I, I love Al Michaels, but some people that when he, you know, when he gets excited, he gets a little, you know, and, it, and it, it's kind of funny. You know, it, it's it's something where there's some criticism. Some people get this with with Gus Johnson. I like Gus Johnson, though. But, you know, if you ramp up the excitement meter too much, once then something, when something really unusual and s- stupendous happens, you're, you're already maxed out. You can't go any higher. Right. So you kind of have to govern you know put a governor on that just kind of slow you know you got to pick your spots and i I think you're seeing that a little bit with this crew but it's the i it seems like they've been trying to split them up though 
They've been trying different things. I think they know. I, I think they do, too. They're trying to get, like, a man's voice in They're there. They're trying to, yeah. And, and I, I just. Mm. It's rough. It's rough. I love Dale Jr., but Steve Letarte is just kind of. I, I, you know, it's, can they make a tra- can they trade? Could they do a thing like with Fox? Could they tr- trade Steve Letarte for DW? For but then like they do in the NBA, they trade for their expiring so- <laughs> expiring contracts, and then just cut DW. <laughs> hey, you know that would be nice too. It uh, it's so hard to put on a good broadcast. Okay, because. Question, I, uh, and I'm not here to to pick on, on anybody, but Jeff Burton, TV presence? No. Okay. So I'm not the only one. No, he's awful, but I don't like Kyle Petty either. See, I don't mind Kyle Petty. They both just get on my nerves. And, you know, it it's it's rough, and it's hard to listen to, and like you said. And, How about Rutledge? I'll get, you know, take him or I leave tell him. You, well, okay. I I couldn't stand Rutledge when he first came on and in fact funny my only my only Twitter <laughs> only tweet uh, my, you ever my sent? only Twitter fight I ever not fight where uh debate or just kind of was with Rutledge okay we we kind of had it out on Twitter a little bit and we we you know we agreed to disagree on something and actually I met we I we interviewed him out in Long Beach we we kissed and made up. We were cool. It was we're we're fine. And since that point, I've kind of gr- grown. You know, I kind of understand his shtick a little more. And I I I, I don't mind Rutledge. He's okay I, uh, because he actually has what, a personality. And he actually asks good questions because there was a a, a he did a follow up question where they were doing their fan thing. I think it was, and he did, uh, and I was like, that was the perfect question because i know there's it's one thing somebody said he was interviewing a fan and i don't know if it was something where these guys were talking about davy allison or something but he did he did a follow-up question and boy i should have wrote it down it was like perfect it was really good it really brought it really brought the personality and that's what you're trying to do people people don't understand when they well that's a stupid question or he know you know when you're interviewing somebody you can ask the per- even if you you're not asking a question you don't know the answer to, but you're asking a question to bring out his answer, right? What 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 and and to bring out the emotion to him, you know you know why somebody dropped out of the race, but maybe this person doesn't or he can under you know he might be able to bring something out of it that you don't you know, and I, that's why I don't like I don't like interviews that set up set up answers, right. You know, there's there's a lot of different. You know, everybody's got their their own commentators that they love that they don't like. You know, Marty Smith is another one. He's got his own style of shtick right. that that he puts on, and it took me a while to get right. used to it. But I I have kind of grown to like Same here. like him because yep. he's got his own personality, his own thing going on. He's he not a cookie be, cutter. He must be so much happier now. <laughs> oh yeah, you got that right. Well, they're sending him to all the party places. He's right. going to the biggest college football games, talking with all the drunk yahoos, and he's having a good time. He's got a good gig now. He does have a very good gig. I tell you what, we appreciate everybody for coming on the show today. Uh, of course, David Hobbs. Uh, appreciate talking F1 with him and Eddie, Eddie Lapine. 
And uh, we look forward to talking uh, with you guys next week and you guys listening. Appreciate it. And uh, go Kyle Bush, I guess. Uh, Kyle Larson? <laughs> Kyle Larson, yes. Definitely <laughs> Kyle Larson. So good luck to the guys in Dover, and I hope it rains in Japan. You're listening to, to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.